Nedarim Dafmem Zayin. The last thing we were discussing was if a person vowed that or he vowed that his friend can't have any benefit from him, or the opposite, and the and the person who made the vow has a bathhouse which is rented out to someone, and someone is doing business there. If the owner still has some sort of control over the business where he's making a, a commission, then the other person is not allowed to walk into the bathhouse. But if he's not making any commission, that according to Abaye, and according to Rav Nachman, if he's making very little commission, then the other person would be able to go in. And with that, we're starting Mem Zayin Amud Aleph, straight from the beginning, first word on the page, Ha'omer Lahavero. If a person says to his friend, I vow I'm not walking into this house, I'm not walking into this field, and then the owner of that house or field died, or he sold it to someone else, it's still Asur. And we're understanding that a person has the ability to make something Asur on himself, even after it leaves his possession. So Ba'ya Abimi. So Abimi has now a question. If a person vows that his friend can't walk into this house, and then he passed away, sold it to someone else, can that be a sur also once it leaves his possession or not? Can a person prohibit something on his friend even after it leaves his possession or not? As the Ran explains, even though in our Mishnah we saw that a person could be Osir, he could prohibit something that belongs to his friend even after it leaves his friend's possession, the question is the opposite way around. Do we say the same thing? Can a person prohibit something that belongs to him even after it leaves his possession on his friend? So, Amarabah Tashema. Rabbah wants to prove from our Mishnah that a person can prohibit something on his friend even after it leaves his possession. We learn if a person says to his son, I vow that you're not going to have any benefit from my possessions, and the father passes away, then the son can regularly inherit everything. But if the father said, you're not going to have any benefit from me, you're not going to enjoy my assets, not while I'm alive, not while I'm dead. Umet, and then the father passes away. Lo the son cannot uh, have any benefit from his father's assets. Meaning, apidin Torah, they belong to the son, but he just can't have any benefit from them. Bottom line is shmamina. Adam shmamina. Bottom line is what do we see? That a person could uh, prohibit something on someone else even after it leaves his possession. So now, once we're on this subject, the Gemara is going to take it a step further. Can a person prohibit something on his friend, even though it wasn't created yet, it didn't come to the world yet? We learned if a person prohibits fruits on himself and he says, Whatever he said, he cannot even have any benefit from the money that they were traded for. If someone sold these fruits and took money, he's not, he's not allowed to have any benefit from the money. And even if whatever grew from them. So if you took those apples that you said is Asur and you planted them and they grew a tree, you're not allowed to eat anything from those trees. So now, If a person said these fruits are Asur on someone else, Can the friend eat the money that was, uh, that was traded for these fruits? Do we say, when it comes to a person himself, since a person could prohibit his friend's things on himself, then therefore, Adam then someone could prohibit something that is not yet in the world on himself. 
However, but when it comes to his friend, a person cannot prohibit his friend's fruits on his friend. Therefore, a person cannot prohibit something that is not yet in the world on his friend. And therefore, he would be able to enjoy that cash that came out from that uh, trade for that fruit. Or maybe... Or maybe that money that is made from the result of that sale of the fruits is like when the fruit is planted and it grows and then it doesn't make a difference. It's Asur on him, it's Asur on his friend, it's always Asur. And Let's learn that the money that is made from the transaction of what is Asur is not Asur. The Hidufahin would be Mutar. For example, if a person says to his wife, I'm not going to have any benefit from you, you're not going to have any benefit from me, uh, meaning she's not going to be able to have any mezonot from him, she's not going to be able to eat from him, then she could borrow money from other people so she could go buy food, and uh, the, the people who uh, gave her the money, they could go to her husband and get the money. And before we continue, the Rashba asks a question. Uh, how could he make a vow like that? He is already mehuyav from the Ketubah to, to give her food. So the Rashba explains that we're talking about a person who made the vow while she was still engaged. And uh, Tosfot has a different uh, opinion of exactly what happened. But bottom line is if you look at it in a weird way, you see that she switched her husband's assets for someone else's assets and then they're sort of like getting the money for it so he's paying for those assets and we're allowing that to, to happen my tama what's the reason what's the reason that the that the lenders could get their money from the husband isn't it because that money that's made from a transaction of the thing that is Asur, it's not the same as the fruit that grew, that grew as a result from that, that prohibited fruit that was planted. So money is not the same as the fruits of the tree. And there we go. That's the answer of Rame Bar Hama's question. Tegma says no. Maybe when Amir Hamas question was asking if the, the the money is asur, that's only lechat Don't actually uh, don't actually sell it and take the money, and that would be asur. Lechat don't do it. But if you did it, you did it. And therefore, with this woman, we tell her don't do that. But if she did it, if she did borrow money, then uh, yeah, her husband can pay back for the food she took from other people. So we're still stuck with Rami Barhamah's question. Ela Tashema. Rather, we're going to bring another Braita to prove to me that if so, uh, that the money that's made from the prohibited item is not Asur. Because I'm Kadesh Be'orla. If a person took Orla fruits, fruits that uh, the first three years they're on a tree that you can't eat them, you have to, you have to, to get rid of them, and only after that you eat one year in your shalim, and then you could eat it as, as you please. So I'm Kadesh Ba'ala, if a person took those uh, prohibited fruits, and he's Mekadesh Omunathet, and I'm Mekudesh, she's not Mekudash. Mecharan vekidesh bidmehen, harezo Mekudeshet. But if he sold those prohibited fruits, which is Asur, and then he uh, took that money and was Mekadesh's woman, she's technically Mekudash. So you see the money is Mutar. But the Gemara ends off saying, again, you could also say, 
don't sell the fruits and be mekadesh a woman with it. But if you did it, uh, you did it. Okay, but the avad it works. Meaning, in that type of case, hachamim were not kozer. So still, we don't have an answer to Rami Barhamah's question. And the halacha, the ran is posek, since it's a safek of the Rabbanan, then we'd have to, you have to say it's, uh, we're lenient. We have to be a safek the Rabbanan, the kulam, we have to be lenient. And therefore, the, the money would be mutar. Although he does bring a rambam who says it's asur. Next, the Mishnah starts. Hareni alecha hayarem. If a person said to his friend, I am harem to you. The harem could mean a few things, but on a very simple term, meaning I'm on a level of Kodesh to you. Something that is Kadosh to Bedekabai, to the upkeep of the Beta Mikdash. That's what the average person thinks when he says the word harem. Then Hamudar Asur, the person who was vowed upon is not allowed to have any benefit from, his, uh, from the person who made the vow. If a person said, Hare at alai harem, you are harem unto me, then hanoder asur, then the vower is asur. If a person said, Hare ni alecha ve'at alai, you are unto me harem and I am unto you harem, shenehem asurim, they are both asur. They are, they are both allowed to have benefit from the wells that the people who used to come from Babel to the Beta Megdash for the three regalim. They've made wells. These two people who vowed from each other, you're not allowed to have benefit from me, me from you. They are allowed to have benefit from those wells. Why? Because although each person from Bnei Israel has a piece in that well that, that compared to the entire Bnei Israel, everyone has such a small piece that it doesn't count. That's the way the Rambam explains it. However, Tosfot explains the reason is because when the people of Babel made these wells and they gave it to Am Israel, they gave it just for the sake that you could use it, not that you could prohibit someone else from using it. And that's the reason they're not allowed to have any benefit from something that belongs to the city. For example, the city shul. They're not allowed to go pray in the Bet Knesset together because it because everyone has a right to it. And the, the fact that the people of the city, if let's say they get together, the seven important people in the city, they could sell the they could sell the, the Bet Knesset if they want. Fine. Then each one has a has a partner, and therefore they can vow one to the other that you cannot have benefit in my part of the shul. And we will stop right here, even though we're in the middle of the Mishnah. We'll continue the Mishnah next time. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.